You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. Without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. This is Winning Cures Everything. Here's your host... Gary Seegers. Welcome in. This is Winning Cures Everything. I'm Gary. I'm your host tonight. We've got interviews with two different people. Uh, first off, on today's show, you are going to have my appearance on the Three Dog Thursday podcast with TJ Reeves. Uh, it's a good time. We're talking Super Bowl 54. We talk a little college basketball towards the end of that. And then we bring in from the Chris Vernon Show and from Grind City Media, John Roser. Uh, you can find TJ on Twitter at Buck Sideline Guy. You can find Roser at John underscore Roser. Go check those guys out. Tell them how much you appreciated them being on the show. Uh, first off, of course, you can find us over at winningcureseverything.com if you haven't already. If this is your first time checking out the show, uh, you can find all of our picks, previews, podcasts, videos, social media platforms. We're on Facebook, we're on Twitter. Uh, we are on YouTube, so go and make sure that you subscribe on YouTube. Make sure you like and comment on those. Uh, make sure you are subscribed there. Make sure you are subscribed on the podcast, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcast, whatever your favorite podcast app is, we are there. Make sure you leave a nice five-star review. We would appreciate that. Uh, so let's, uh, let's go ahead and get into the ad. Of course, every week the show is brought to you by Tunica, Mississippi, the South's premier sports gambling destination. Uh, you can find more information on them and all of their incredible sports books, their concerts, everything else, over at tunicatravel.com. Uh, we will be hosting an NCAA tournament watch party for the first two days of the round of 64, that Thursday and that Friday, March 19th and 20th. Uh, we will give details on exactly where that is uh, being hosted next week. Uh, if you came out for the one last year, it was a good time. We stayed in Tunica for uh, for both days, and it was a fantastic time. We had guys from Texas, Oklahoma, South Carolina, uh, all over the map come up and, and have a good time with us. Uh, so make sure that you check it out. Stay tuned over at winningcureseverything.com and on the podcast. So make sure you stay subscribed on that. But first off, uh, we're going to get into an interview with TJ Reeves. And then we will talk with John Roser from the Chris Vernon Show and Grind City Media. We appreciate you guys hanging out. Yes, he is leading off. Good to be back here with Gary Seegers of the Winning Cures Everything podcast. As I don't believe that we have gotten the chance to chat it up here since the Super Bowl has been set. Uh, because you guys have been busy getting some things done. Kind of had a week off last week with no uh, NFL game. We've got the college basketball going on. And finally, the 49ers and the Chiefs are getting here. So you're getting us rolling on Three Dog Thursday. Now, I should make mention for our audience 
on the podcast on Three Dog Thursday that you can also see this interview on the Winning Cures Everything YouTube channel where that male model Gary Seegers, you can see him. <laughs> However, Gary Seegers, they cannot see me, and that's probably good because I, I'm – I need to be uh, heard but not seen right they, now. They can see my picture. They got and your they smiling mug. You're all okay, good. You're right there. Good. I, I, am, <laughs> I am good. So they see moving Gary Seekers. They don't see moving. They just hear TJ uh, on the Winning Cures Everything YouTube channel. You're hearing it as is uh, here on the Three Dog Thursday podcast. I love the technology on how we're making all of this uh, work. How are you, my friend? Are you, are you like me? You are anxious to get Super Bowl L.I. V out there, Super Bowl 54. Let's go. Let's go for Sunday. I got to tell you, I was, once we got up to the AFC and the NFC championship games, I was just about done with football. I was exhausted. I, I spend so much time looking at numbers, listening to information, you know, coming up with all these different things. And it takes up so much of my time. And I've gotten even more into college basketball. Every day I run my numbers. I see what I like, what I don't like, uh, which, by the way, over at the website, winningcureseverything.com, my daily picks are up there all the time. You can get it on my Twitter as well, at GaryWCE, uh, hitting nearly 58% so far on the year. And uh, and as Good. we speak, I just watched Southern Illinois win at home against Loyola Chicago as a four-point dog. Had that one today. <laughs> so I'm uh, I'm 3-0 and on the evening. I've got two that don't look like they're going to hit, but... uh. But I did have Nevada plus four at Colorado State, and that one's looking pretty good so far. So, you know, we'll see. We'll see. I, I should be a four and two evening, I think. But uh, yeah, yeah. It's it's. I was exhausted. I was tired. I was ready for football uh, football to be over. And now I'm amped back up. I'm ready to go. I'm ready for XFL next week. I mean, I'm ready for all kinds of stuff. So I've I've actually started doing a little preview for uh, for the XFL <laughs> that we'll get into next week. I love I love all of it, and uh, and obviously there's a Tampa XFL team. You're in the uh, the Greater Memphis area in the Mid South. They had a team a year ago in the Alliance of American Football, which did eight of its ten regular season games, and then <laughs> ran out of money and went kaput. Yeah. I think McMahon's league may play the whole year, so that'll be interesting to see how it uh, how it plays out with the TV ratings and the major markets and the NFL stadiums and all of that. He so. says that he's got the money invested already for three full seasons. Uh, you know, we'll see. We'll shoot. see. Hey, shoot for one. He did one yeah. back in 2001. Let's see if he gets beyond the first season uh, <laughs> on this go around with the money and all the stuff with McMahon's uh, XFL. All right, so that's a conversation for future Three Dog Thursdays. 49ers and Chiefs, give me a little bit on the matchup here. And for Three Dog Thursday purposes right now, uh, we're headed into Thursday with Kansas City still as the favorite in this one. So give me give me a couple of thoughts on this uh, on this Super Bowl here. Well, this this line has it opened as a pick'em out in Vegas and was quickly bet to Kansas City minus one minus one and a half. And as of today, I've been able to find books that have it at two and a half, which is just kind of crazy to me. Uh, big thing that we talked about on our show on our preview this week was uh, DVOA, so defensive value over average, right? So a big thing about that, uh, in Super Bowls, for whatever reason, I guess because there is the bye week for both teams before the game, you have a lot of time to figure out the other team's offense. Now, 
Both of these coaches are offensive coaches. You would think that that would actually help the offenses, but it hasn't in the past. So the last four Super Bowls, the team that has the better DVOA has actually won. Out of the last 17, uh, the better defensive DVOA has gone 11-6. and six. Now, some of these have been mm. really close. Some of them haven't. Uh, just to give you an idea of which way I'm leaning on this, San Francisco has the number two defensive DVOA in the league. Kansas City is number 14. So, you know, you can look at all the different stats. You can look at yards per point. You can look at, um, you know, yards per play. You Whatever you want to look at. Uh, San Francisco has a real, real advantage in this game from an overall team standpoint. Uh, they do not have the better signal caller. But I don't think that we've seen everything that they are going to do with Jimmy Garoppolo in this game. I don't think that they've lost you know, any kind of confidence in him at all. I don't think they've had to use him for the last two weeks, uh, the last two playoff games. Right. They haven't needed to use him whatsoever. They have ran over the Vikings and ran over the Packers like it was nothing. Uh, I don't know that they'll be able to do the exact same thing against Kansas City. Kansas City's actually done a really good job of being able to stop the run or at least slow down teams. Um, but a lot of that has to do with when you get up on a team, they have to go away from their bread and butter. Well, I think if you take San Francisco away from running the football, they're still going to be able to score points. So, you know, I'd love to see the matchup. i love to see... Uh, the coaches going against each other. Kyle Shanahan and Andy Reid are fantastic offensive coaches. Uh, you're going to see some crazy stuff in this game. If if there are props uh, for trick plays and fake punts and whatnot, like I, I would look for something <laughs> like that because you know that these guys are going to do something to try and gain an advantage. Yeah, no doubt about that. As you listen on here to Gary Seeger's Winning Cures Everything podcast, I know that later on in the show we're going to talk with Brian Edwards from MajorWager.com about some of these cross-sport uh, proposition bets. You're not big. You told me this before we officially began the interview. You're not big on any of the prop bets, really, uh, for this one. And it doesn't entice you on the uh, number of, uh, of receiving yards uh, for Tyreek Hill or a uh, number of sacks for Nick Bosa. <laughs> and none, of that, none of that really appeals. At least for your taste in this Super Bowl. At least for my taste, uh, because I could see this game going any number of different directions. And, you know, there's some there's some games where props make a whole lot of sense. But these have been driven into the ground. Uh, people have, you know, in a regular season game or even in a regular playoff game, you're not going to get as much action on it. So the numbers, you may be able to find an edge somewhere I don't know that you can do that in this situation because so many people are so invested in it and so many people have done so much work towards it uh, that the numbers really should be right right around exactly where they should be. Uh, I did like Raheem Mostert. Um, I liked under on his rushing yards because I think that uh, I think the carries are going to get divvied up a little more. I think you're going to see more from Jimmy Garoppolo. Uh, so I was able to get it at under 86.5 rushing yards. But I've seen other books that have it, you know, in the mid-70s. I have, you know, it, I don't know where wow. it lands. So other people's books uh, are going to be all over the place on some of these props. So, you know, I'm I'm kind of staying away from it. Uh, I think Chris and I on Friday are going to kind of go over some of the props and, and just pick out fun ones, you know, heads or tails. And, uh, you know, I was listening to a podcast called Bet the Process. 
And that's Jeff Ma and Rufus Peabody. I don't know if you listen to them, but they are analytics guys, and they are fantastic. Um, and one of the big things that they were looking at was, uh, will the opening kickoff be a uh, touchdown or not? <laughs> and which even at the odds of like, you know, minus 250 for no, it's still a good bet based on uh, where Hardman is and, and how far the San Francisco kicker kicks it and all that kind of stuff. But you don't know who's going to kick off, right? So it's still a good bet to bet no. Um, so you, you well, have, and we, and by the way, we have had a Super Bowl open with a kickoff return for a touchdown. That was Devin Hester of the Bears in oh, yeah. this stadium in Miami in Hard Rock <laughs> Stadium. Uh, quick story on that one. Yeah, uh, you'll love this, Gary Seegers. As as we talk about the, and I'll circle back to your analytics and the actual prop bet on the kickoff return. Um, uh, so I got a, an opportunity to work with Archie Manning and, and being around, um, Archie and hear different stories. And so, um, he told the story about that night in Miami where Peyton Manning's playing in his first Super Bowl and Archie is in the suite with the family with oldest brother Cooper, with Eli, who's the quarterback of the Giants, uh, with their wives, uh, and with Olivia. His uh, his wife, Peyton Manning's mom, and the name escapes me on Peyton's uh, uh, wife, but she's in the Amy. suite as well. So Archie, uh, Amy, thank yeah. you. All right, so so Archie has a team meeting with all with all the family members, and he says, "Listen, this is a this is a neat night. It's a neat honor. It's something I never got to do, and and we don't know when this is ever going to happen again for Peyton. We hope it happens a bunch. We hope it happens for Eli a bunch. But whatever happens." Let's, let's don't be miserable. Let's be happy. And the other thing you need to be aware of is the TV cameras are probably going to be on us constantly. And if something goes wrong, I don't want us on worldwide TV from the Super Bowl looking down and out or mad or gesturing. <laughs> I want us to be positive. I want us to be happy. That's what he says. So that's his, that's his team meeting a few minutes before the game. So the game kicks off. The Colts kick off, and Devin Hester catches it and goes whatever he went, 95, 97, 100 yards. And Archie says, Olivia, who had been married to me 40 years at this time, Olivia turns to me as Devin Hester is at about the 10-yard line, and she goes, I don't know about anybody else, but I'm miserable, damn it. So, so, so that's the way that Super Bowl began. Uh, now, obviously, for it the, ended. Uh, the Manning family. But yeah, it worked it ended out, better. yes. It, it worked out. It worked out well in that instance. But back to your analytics, you're saying the opening kickoff return for a touchdown may just be a good value. Yeah, yeah. Regardless of of how much you're giving up there, it's the odds of them actually returning the opening kickoff for a touchdown are not great. And so that I mean that would be a good one. Um, I mean, there's all kinds of other ones that that you can get into. Will there be an onside kick? Uh, there were only sixty. <laughs> there were sixty-two this year, uh, onside kicks out of what is it, right. two two hundred and fifty some odd games. Uh, so the odds are, eh, probably not. Um, you know, so if, if you want to go where the best EV is, uh, I would go no to the onside kick, and I'd go no to the opening kickoff. Um, but if that's if that's a little too much juice. Then, uh, then I can understand people not wanting to go that route because you're you're going to be giving up, you know, three, four hundred, something like that. So it's it is wow. what it is. 
Um, well, and and we think we have this stuff figured out, and then we get a Super Bowl like Super Bowl Fifty Three a year ago, where there's no touchdown scored by either team in the first three quarters. So yeah. sometimes you can look at the analytics and try to figure this stuff out. Look at the look at the trends, and it doesn't matter. So we'll we'll see as they tee up. Real quick, as I want to talk some college basketball before you've got to run and we've got to run uh, as well. What does this game come down to in your mind? If you if you had to, in a couple of sentences, say this game is decided either by San Francisco or Kansas City doing what, what is it? Uh, it would be decided to me at the line of scrimmage. Uh, can San Francisco make Patrick Mahomes do things that he doesn't want to do? And, and that, that doesn't include just getting pressure on him because obviously he's really good against pressure. But can you make him do things that he is uncomfortable with? And on the other side of the ball, it's still the trenches. San Francisco has to be able to run the football uh, to be successful. Now, I do still think that Jimmy G is going to get uh, a lot more play in this game. Uh, I think San Francisco wins the ball game. I think they've got the better overall team. Now, if it does get, there's only three outcomes that I see happening. Either San Francisco wins close, Kansas City wins close, or Kansas City blowout. I don't see San Francisco blowing this team out um, because I think Patrick Mahomes is just too good. But if you can keep him on the sideline and you can actually make Kansas City draw out their drives, don't let them score quick, all that, um, which may be kind of tough because San Francisco, they lean on uh, zone secondary coverages. And you know they don't have the, the horses, really, to line up man-to-man with these uh, speedy receivers, I I think that San Francisco is going to be able to run the football basically whenever they want to because they are going to be more balanced. Um, but we'll see. You know, I, I like San Francisco here. I've got money on them. I've got money on the under. Uh, that line or the total opened at uh, 52 and a half, and it is all the way up to 55 at some spots now. So I am under the 55, and I am San Francisco plus two and a half, but I've got them on the money line at plus 105 right now. So I'm, uh, yeah, I'm all over the 49ers here. I think they're the better overall team, and I think they'll get this W. They have had familiarity, different regimes, different players completely with Miami, two previous Super Bowls in Miami. We'll see what, what matters with that. All right, real quick, a couple of college hoop comments. Uh, from you, we're going to talk a lot of college basketball, not just on this Three Dog Thursday podcast, but also moving forward, Gary Seegers, you and Chris Giannini on Winning Cures, everything going to talk a lot of college hoops. We do as well. Thank you to the Memphis Tigers for finally <laughs> showing up on a Wednesday night, getting a win in Central Florida in Orlando, not far from where I'm seated, hosting the Three Dog Thursday podcast. So the Tigers have rebounded. Uh, are they are they going to get out of the funk that they are in? I know they have UConn on the weekend on Saturday. Are the Tigers real quick going to get out of the funk? This is my alma mater. This is the blue and the gray. We got to we got to have them get into a stretch run here where they can do some damage in March. They needed some confidence, and tonight got them that. You get a road win regardless of who it's against, and that's always a good thing, right? Uh, they got Boogie Ellis looking more like the recruit that he was supposed to be. Lance Thomas, the uh, the grad transfer, not even grad transfer, just the transfer from Louisville that had to sit out last season. He's a big man, but uh, but he was hitting threes tonight. He uh, he scored a career high twenty points, uh, and the Tigers themselves only scored fifty nine. So they're still not quite out of their offensive funk, but this team can still play defense. They still got more talent than pretty much anybody they're going to play the rest of the year. 
Uh, yeah, I, th- I think they're out of the funk. They're going to find a way to get into the NCAA tournament, I believe. Uh, but a lot of it has to do with whether or not the coaching staff allows them to build on that confidence. You know, stick with one lineup, make sure that everybody understands what their roles are, and I think they're going to be fine. You know, it, unless Peter right. doesn't do that, in which case, uh, who knows what's going to happen. But if you keep uh, taking freshmen out of the starting lineup and putting them in and taking them out, and, you know, sometimes they play 25 minutes and sometimes they play eight minutes and what, you know, nobody understands what the role is at that point. And, yeah, you're not going to be able to get very much out of them. So I, I think they're going to be fine. I think they're going to be okay. They do host UConn coming on Saturday. Interesting in the American Conference, a couple of top 25 matchups. Houston, which won midweek over East Carolina, playing at Cincinnati. Uh, Cincinnati obviously trying to make a case to make the tournament out of the American Conference. And Wichita State, will they be the road favorite? Likely yes, at Tulsa. We don't know. The lines won't come out until after we've already put this podcast to bed and you're hearing it on Three Dog Thursday. But Tulsa has already whacked Memphis at home, beaten uh, Houston at home. Let's see what happens in the American Conference. That's an attractive doggy, maybe. Tulsa Golden Hurricane against Wichita State Saturday, Gary. And Tulsa has been playing really, really well, uh, especially at home. They got a big win at UConn on Sunday. Uh, but then they got it handed to them by Cincinnati. No, 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 not Cincy. They got handed to them by, by somebody uh, last night. So, you know, we'll see. Uh, I'm, I'm curious. Um, you know, what, what they're going to look like this weekend. But, yeah, Tulsa has been playing uh, above their heads for several weeks now. And, yeah, Wichita State, while they are a good road team, uh, and I do expect them to be favored by, you know, probably four-ish, uh, I, I think that might be a pretty good play. I, I would definitely look at it. All right, we'll find out what Tulsa can or can't do in that game. Anything else on the college front before you have to run here? I know Syracuse-Duke. On the weekend, we'll have a lot of eyeballs and a lot of attraction. We were already talking about uh, looking at that game. Anytime it involves Duke, you got to watch out. Oh, yeah. Uh, but also top top 25 on Saturday uh, has Michigan State at Wisconsin. Michigan State was an easy winner midweek over Northwestern. Um, what else on the, on the top 25 before, slate? Before this past weekend, by the way, and that game is at Wisconsin, so it's in Madison. Uh, before this past weekend – the Big Ten was hit like the home games were hitting at an eighty percent clip. So the home teams were winning basically, you know, every four out of five games. And that is just absurd because across college basketball, it's typically about sixty percent that home teams win. So for something like that, now obviously a lot of road teams won last weekend. Um but I, I think it might it might swing back the other way. Michigan State has looked good, but they haven't looked great on the road a lot, so that that might be another one because I would expect Michigan State to be a, a pretty sizable uh, favorite in that game. You know, but by sizable, we're talking six, seven, eight points. Uh, I might look at Wisconsin there. Like, I, obviously, I run mm. my numbers the morning of the games, like the night before and the morning of, and it, that looks like one that if the line comes out where I think it will, uh, that would definitely be one to to pay attention to. All right, this guy's always worth paying attention to. Tell the public here about more about the show, uh, about Winning Cures, uh, Winning Cures Everything, and then where they can find it socially, on the web, et cetera. Gary, go. 
winningcureseverything.com is the website. You can find all of our picks, previews, podcasts, videos, all of our social media platforms. We're on Facebook. We're on Twitter. We are on YouTube. Uh, if you are watching on YouTube right now, you can go ahead and hit that subscribe button, hit the like button, make sure you leave some comments. Uh, tell, <laughs> tell TJ how much you love him. And, uh, and you can always find us on your favorite podcast distributor, uh, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, etc. Go check it out. Um, yeah, we, I normally sound better than this. I have been out of commission for, for the past couple of days. I uh, had to take off battling, work. Oh, yeah. Battling the toddler gunch, as I oh, like yeah. to call it, or the crud uh, here in the uh, post-holiday stuff. I'm glad you're feeling better, <laughs> I, and I'm glad it's in time for the Super Bowl because exactly. everybody's got to ingest plenty of food and plenty of beverage in and around Sunday uh, for these games. Let's Let's see if we get a good one with, San Francisco, Kansas City. I always love the insight. Go check out Gary and Chris. Winning cures everything. My friend, thank you. Happy uh, happy Super Bowl Sunday in advance. And now let's get on with it with the college basketball headed to March in the coming uh, days and weeks. Thank you, Gary Seegers. Absolutely. Thank you very much. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger. Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. All right, we got John Roser from the Chris Vernon Show podcast, the Chris Vernon Show live show, Grind City Media, all the other stuff. You can find him on Twitter at John underscore Roser. And he is our resident San Francisco 49ers fan, so you knew we had to get him in for Super Bowl week. Uh, and I've, I've kind of been planning this uh, basically since the playoffs began because I had a feeling that San Francisco was going to get here. Did you, did you kind of feel the same way? Uh, once the Saints lost wild card weekend to the Vikings, yeah, I kind of, I mean, I, I, it was ours to lose, you know. Yeah. I mean, it technically was ours to lose anyway because we had home field advantage. Um, and we had already beaten the Saints in New Orleans, but I know what kind of game that was the first time. And I know how good that Saints team is when they're at their peak of power. So playing them twice, trying to beat them twice in the same season isn't, isn't uh, I don't envy any of those teams in the NFC South. Uh, but, yeah, once they lost, I kind of figured we're, we're in the driver's seat here. Oh, most certainly. All right, so let, let's discuss the, the game itself. A lot of people obviously in love with Patrick Mahomes. Everybody wants Andy Reid to get his, uh, his first Super Bowl. He's, you know, he's been there before, but he's never won it. Uh, give me your side of things. I know that you believe San Francisco will win, kind of like us. If you haven't watched our, our full preview, uh, we both, Chris and I both went with San Francisco, and it had a lot to do with DVOA, right? DVOA, uh, the team that has the better defensive value over average, uh, ends up winning this game the majority of the time. Uh, over the last 17 years, they've won it 11 of the 17, and they've won the last four years straight. The better defensive team typically wins the Super Bowl. Um, now, obviously, you're not going to face. Patrick Mahomes every year. So that could kind of throw a wrench into things. But, you know, I, I live by the same rules in college football and the NFL. Uh, run the ball, stop the run, and you're going to win more than you're going to lose. Uh, is that kind of how you're feeling about this? 
Actually, uh, the run the ball, stop the run thing, um, not really. Um, <laughs> I, I, I don't think, like, like, I mean, I think Kyle Shanahan did that against the Vikings and the Packers because he could. And like he said, like, I don't think there was anything else to that. I don't think it was that he doesn't trust Jimmy Garoppolo. He's put the ball in Garoppolo's hands time and time again this season. Oh, and Garoppolo has delivered when it matters most. Um, you know, he Garoppolo has had shaky games. And then when you need one drive, whether it's against Pittsburgh, uh, like the second or third week of the season, or whether it's against um, – the Rams, and you've got a third and 17 you're facing, and he finds Kendrick Bourne for 17 yards, 18 yards to get the first down, finds the bomb to Emmanuel Sanders, which sets up the game-winning field goal uh, for Robbie Gould. Well, he, he did it um, time and time again uh, uh, two years ago, so he was out basically all last year, but you know when he had the six-game winning streak after he was traded from the Patriots, he did right. that week after week. So obviously, yeah. I, a lot of this, I think, is based on for me, I think they're going to be able to run, but it's not because they will establish the run early. I think they're going to lean on Garoppolo a lot in this game to open up the running lanes. I, I think that's what you know. I think that's what they'll be able to do. They will own the line of scrimmage on both sides. I think. Yeah, I think. I think, I think offensively, San Francisco. I, I this is. I worry more about San Francisco on defense than I do on offense in this game. Um, I think offensively, the 49ers, I think we're going to be able to do whatever we want to do to Kansas City. I agree. I think we're going I think we're going to be able to do whatever we want to do to them. Um, and, and I, just, I mean, I know this sounds like this doesn't sound – I mean, this isn't – you know, I'm not making anything up here that people haven't seen before we're watching football. This is kind of cliche. If the 49ers do – if we do not turn the ball over, we're going to win this game. Um, which I know sounds cliche, but like Jimmy Garoppolo did throw 13 picks in the regular season, you know, in 16 games. Like he yeah. will throw a pick. He will. Um, and I've already marked him down that he's going to probably be good for one pick in this game. Um, and, and I tend to think it's which team turns the ball over twice is going to lose the game. I think both of these defenses are going to get a turnover. Um, and probably if one of them turns it over for a second time, the team that turns it over twice, That'll be the team that loses the game. Uh, but no, like I said, offensively, I think San Francisco is going to be able to do whatever they want to do. I think if they want to run on first down, they're probably going to have success doing it. If they want to play action pass on first down and find Debo Samuel or find Emmanuel Sanders or find George Kittle uh, or find Kendrick Bourne or maybe a running back in the flat or something, um, I think they're going to be able to do that. One of the things where Kansas City is really weak on defense is their linebackers. And if you have weak linebackers, <laughs> Kyle Shanahan is just sitting over there, you know, rubbing his – he's like Mr. Burns, you know, for the Simpsons, just going, excellent. <laughs> you know, like, I've got, like, arguably the best tight end in the game on my team, and you don't have linebackers. Um, so, I, 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 yeah, so San Francisco, I think we're going to be able to do whatever we want to do offensively. The defensive part is what I worry about. We have struggled against running quarterbacks. And so, obviously, I think San Francisco, 49ers, we have, I think we have the better team. We have the better roster top to bottom. But they have the best player. Uh, most certainly. And, and what you were talking about, about running quarterback, it's not just running quarterbacks. It is against basically any quarterback. Uh, if they have a designed quarterback run, uh, they've had success against San Francisco this year. So that, that does put a little worry in me 
the other side of it is that San, uh, the San Francisco secondary, right? I'm I'm a little wary of that because they do play a lot of zone coverage, right? And you know, it right it, because they they don't have the guy they'll they'll have to play zone in this game because they do not have the same talent that Kansas City has at wide receiver. Uh, with Sammy Watkins and Tyreek Hill and Hardman and and all all these guys are burners. So you don't have the guys that can actually keep up with them. And that's what makes it a little scary is, okay, they've got a running quarterback that can actually get some really good yardage on those design quarterback runs. And if you don't get pressure, which early down rate, Kansas City is really good at, or sorry, is, is kind of mediocre at giving up sacks early in downs, right? First, second down. Uh, yep. San Francisco yep. is really good at getting sacks on first and second down. However, San Francisco is mediocre at getting sacks on third down, and Kansas City is, I mean, top of the NFL as far as, what is it, 3% of their dropbacks on third down they have results yeah. in the sack. So it's like first in the NFL. That's kind of scary. I, I think you're going to see some crazy stuff because I, I love this coaching matchup. I mean, Shanahan and Reed, oh. uh, with two weeks to prepare each, you're going to see some crazy trick plays. You're going to see fake punt, fake uh, fake field goal, onside kick. You know, you'll see something because somebody's going to try and gain an advantage in this game. I, I think. No, no doubt. And, and Shanahan, even you know, he said after the Minnesota game, after the Vikings game, he he said he didn't like what they did is what they planned on doing. Like they they did not think they were going to have to throw the ball against the Vikings to win that game the way they did. He thought we were going to be able to come out and run the ball. I know what kind of offense Minnesota runs. Our defense is going to be able to just keep them alive. You put pressure on Kirk Cousins, and, you know, all of a sudden he's not as accurate at all. And he just kind of freaks out, and you can sack him. He's a statue back there. With Green Bay, Shanahan said, he said that he thought they were going to have to throw the ball more and that they were going to have to open it up a little more. And they didn't have to do that at all because – they're running for seven yards a carry oh, yeah. every time. So that that lets me know Shanahan had stuff in his bag for that Green Bay game that he didn't go to at all. Um, and that he will have he'll have his own special place for Kansas City, but he's also got those ones. He still has a, a bag of trick plays or a bag of really, really well designed plays that he had for Green Bay that he didn't get to use. And so he's got those. No, you're right about the coaching matchup because if you know, if you want to say Kyle Shanahan's the best play caller in the league, well then, like Andy Reid's probably number two. You know, Sean Payton I know was also up there, uh, but Andy, Andy Reid's probably number two. If you want to say Andy Reid is the best play caller in the NFL, then Kyle Shanahan's probably number two. <laughs> you know, oh, yeah. whichever one you want to put number one, the other one's probably number two. And Andy Reid. Um, that's the thing with, with our with, with our defense, too. It's, the other thing, too, we, we do over-pursue on the edges, especially Bosa. Um, and a, probably a lot of that is because he's a rookie. Um, he will learn more di- different maneuvers, different techniques. They've gotten they, – and so what they've tried to do at times, Robert Sala has, the defensive coordinator for San Francisco, what he's tried to do is kind of line up Bosa. Sometimes he'll put him on the inside – just so he can't really over-pursue. You know, you can't oh, yeah. just go around that edge completely and give a wide-open lane to a running quarterback. Um, 
So I, you know, I, I, but I think Andy Reid, you know, one of the other things we struggle against besides the running quarterback, our defense is insanely fast. The San Francisco is so fast out there. And especially since you got D Ford and Quan Alexander back, um, you know, I think the, the other way you slow down super fast defenses is you run misdirection at them. You run screen passes on them. Um, and Andy Reid will do that and likes to do that. They will throw screen passes. Uh, Kansas City will. And so that's another thing that does, you know, that worries me as a 49ers fan. <laughs> this is. Do you think the line is right? Like, I think it's sitting on two right now. Uh, do you think it's uh, it's about where it should be? If it's at two, that thing's going to go down. If but, it's sitting at two by now, it's going to go down. Now it was so, it was at one and a half, and it, it went up to two. And I actually got it at two and a half earlier today. So I would imagine it's got where? to be back at two. Uh, so several different books you can get it. Like Bet US, Bet Online had it. Uh, my bookie had it at that. So a lot of the offshores. Had it two and a half. Oh, the offshores. Okay, yeah. okay. I was say none of the ones, none of the ones that are that are on the U that are on U.S. soil. They like they. I, I mean, I still think MGM has it at one. Um, last I checked, that was this morning that that MGM still has it at one. Because uh, I was I was thinking I was listening to a gambling pod a gambling podcast yesterday. They were saying if this if it does go to two, they said the reason these a lot of the books in America they're not going to take it to two because if they do take it to two, they know these sharps are going to come and hammer San Francisco. And if you look at the way it's going, um, you know, so the the bets are on Kansas City, but if you look at the handle, the handle is on San Francisco, which tells you that's where the money is. That's where the real money is. The the larger percentage of bets that I saw, they're coming in on the 40, they're coming in on the Chiefs, but that the money is coming in on the 49ers. Um, and so, you know, that, that kind of tells you there. And that's probably why I don't think the casinos, whether it's the Westgate or Circa or MGM, Mirage, why I don't think it's really going to move that much more. I think that I think the place to play is uh, the, the props are probably where to go with this game. Let's see. The Westgate has it at one. MGM is one and a half. Uh, let's see. Stations, Circa, both at one. CG Technologies at one. William Hill is at one. Uh yeah, no you're you're right. It's sitting at one basically everywhere. Uh let's see. Treasure Island, South Point. Yeah, it's, so it's 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 sitting around one and a half and actually at the offshore books that I was looking at, yeah, those are back down to one as well. So, yeah, it basically as soon as as soon as I caught it at two and a half, uh yeah, I th- it looks like everybody else did as well. So <laughs> Yeah, it, it that's why and that's that's why I don't think a lot of those casinos were, were, were the ones that are in the U.S. were putting it up at that number because they're like, no, nah, we know what's going to happen if we put it up there, especially if you put it up at two and a half. If you put it up at two and a half, then everyone is just going to buy the half point and get it at three. You know, oh, yeah. you just buy the hook, pay the extra juice to get it at a full three uh, for San Francisco. No, I mean, this game to me, it is, look, it's basically a pick em. The line tells you it's basically a pick 'em, and honestly, with the last couple of Super Bowls, you're better off just picking who you think's going to win the game. Oh yeah, don't worry about the spread. Just bet who you think's going to win the game because the spreads are always typically they're not larger than they're usually not larger than a touchdown um, in Super Bowls. You know, so like just pick who you think is going to win the game outright. I know the 49ers are like to me. There would be no point in betting the 49ers plus one. 
Like, just bet him on the money line plus the 105. Like, get him on the money line plus 105. Like, that clearly the, the, would be the way to do it. The the best money line that you can get for the 49ers right now is plus 115 at MGM. Yeah. I so. take the 49ers plus 115 on the money line. That's, um, oh yeah. Yeah, I, I think, um, I, I do. I think the 49ers are going to win the game. I had a buddy text me. He's like, well, what if it's a high-scoring game? I'm like, okay, I don't care. And they're like, come on, yeah, you do. I'm like, no, I don't. And, you know, I was talking to Chris Vernon about that on the air today, and I said, I was like, I really don't care if it's a high-scoring game. Like, like, do, it, you, do you not think that Kyle Shanahan can score points against Kansas City's defense? The, the DVOA that exactly I was talking about. my point. Uh, San Francisco's DVOA for defense is number two, and Kansas City is 14. On the other side of that, uh, on the offensive DVOA, Kansas City is number three, and San Francisco is actually number seven in the league. So it's not like San Francisco yeah. can't score. You know, if there's anybody that I trust to be able to call a good offensive game plan, it would be Kyle Shanahan. Yeah, like, I mean, I'm not worried about scoring points on them. And, and this, this, the thing is, this this is why ultimately I think, you know, why, why I'm picking San Francisco is because, dude, they have found a way all year. They've found a way. It's it, any, we have been in every type of game you could be in. We have blown teams out. Um, we have had to run away with games in the fourth quarter. Uh, we have played, we have lost close games, but we have also won really, really close games where either the defense has to make a play and it's Drain Greenlaw getting a tackle on the half yard line against the Seattle Seahawks to win the division and clinch the number one seed, or it's Jimmy Garoppolo finding George Kittle and Kittle just makes, like, one of the greatest runs in NFL regular season history coming <laughs> carries, like, three dudes with him for, like, 20 more yards. It took a guy jumping on his back in that Saints game to bring him down while another Saints player is holding on and jerking around his face mask. It took a third Saints player coming and jumping on his back to bring him down. Um, you know, we've, we've found a way, and that's I just – I tend to believe we're going to find a way. When, when you know, it comes down the to game it, may be, the who, game may be, we may be winning 30, 38 to 35 or 30, 35 to 31 late in the fourth quarter, last drive for Kansas City, and we're just we're going to find a way to make a stop. Well, that's, that's gonna what find I was going to say. Who, who do you trust more to be able to get a stop in this game? And I think that's always going to be San Francisco. Like I don't think there's any other way yeah. to answer that question. Um, the reason being, they, for whatever, like you just said, all season, they have been able to find ways to get stops. Uh, tell me this, while we've got a, a few more minutes here. Um, if you are San Francisco, who do you try and take away from Kansas City? Now, obviously, this is a Bill Belichick thing, but but other teams adopt it, and, and you take away... One thing that the other team does well, or one player, and they have to beat you with somebody else. Who is that for Kansas City? I mean, and it can't be Patrick Mahomes, obviously. So, like, what? What? No, one, no, no. You know, do you take away Kelsey? Do you take away uh, Tyreek Hill? Uh, Watkins, I think it's maybe? impossible. I think it's impossible to take away Tyreek Hill. I think he's too fast. 
I think he's just too fast to take away and take out of the game. He's gonna. That guy may have one catch in the game, but it's going to be one catch for sixty-five yards and a touchdown. Yeah, <laughs> you know, like you're not going to totally take him away. He's way too fast. I agree. Um, I will tell you who worries me a little bit, and I'll say Damian Williams. Really? Just the screen game, man. And I overthink, and I'm, and I may be overthinking things, but I'm think, trying to think how Andy Reid and Kyle Shanahan would think, and they're both way smarter than me when it comes to anything football. <laughs> um, <laughs> like they're smarter than all of us when it comes to anything oh, football. Yeah. Um, so I tend to think, like, man, maybe he's going to come out and try to run the ball on the edges a little bit, and then he'll come back with a screen pass the other direction or something, you know. Um, uh, obviously, it, it, it's almost like if you take away Travis Kelsey, you kind of take away the middle of the field a little bit, you know, so that would obviously be huge. Um, I don't know who we're going to put on Kelsey. I don't know if we'll line up Sherman on him at times. I don't know if we will line up Fred Warner on him at times. I don't know if it could be Quan Alexander. Um, Quan is going to make a big difference in the, in the screen game if Kansas City does choose to go to it. Quan Alexander will make a huge difference because he is so fast as a linebacker. He will make a big difference. Agreed. I would say, but I'll, I'll say, back to, back to your question, um, I guess Kelsey, because I'm so sick of hearing Chris Vernon telling me he's the best <laughs> tight end in this game. I'm so yeah. sick of it. I would love nothing better than for Travis Kelsey to have three catches for 28 yards in this game. I'd love nothing more than that. I, I'm I'm agreeing with you. I, the everybody talking about him. Now it, it's not like he's a bad tight end, um, but for people to think that he's better than Kittle, I just don't buy it. I, it it doesn't make you don't sense watch to me. the game. It's yeah, just because, because people well, it's because people like Chris Vernon don't pay attention to blocking at all. Uh, dude, right, this, this dude. This dude in the Vikings game, I, if you do keep pancake block Everson Griffin, just like pretty much one play picked him up off the ground. It's like the play in the movie The Blind Side. Oh yeah, when Michael Orr is the blind side, just takes the guy, and just moves him all the way. That he like he could have done that with Everson Griffin if he wanted to in that game. But when he was at Iowa, that's what he was used for. I mean, it, what was it? He played sixty three college games and he caught sixty four passes. I mean it. You yeah, know, like it, he he wasn't used as a passing or a pass catching tight end. Um, he he was taught blocking by Kirk Ferentz of all people. So there's more to a tight end than just being a receiver. Uh, if, if you were just going to have a receiver at tight end, then you know probably what OJ Howard would be the most talented. I guess. I right. mean, there's there's all sorts of different ones out there, but uh, but for the all around well, game. They, they, and and what Kelsey brings or not Kelsey what uh, uh what Kittle brings to um to the running game, I mean th- those zone blocking schemes that that Shanahan has, uh, it it's why Mostert has has done so well there as opposed to everywhere else. I mean he's been on what what six teams is that right? I mean he's been all over the yeah, place. Yeah, 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 and that's if, 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 especially if you look at how they use uh, how they use Mostert, how they use him is. Like, because he's like, he's basically, he's like track speed, you know, he's like track speed. They run to the outside. Well, who do you think holds down the edge there to allow him to get outside and get through those holes? Exactly. George Kittle. Their running success rate. I think I saw when Kittle is the, when Kittle is in there blocking and they run the ball, the running success rate is like 63 to 66%. And when he is not in the game, it goes down to like 
34%. Oh, yeah. Now, the other side of this right. is you've got wide receivers that, that understand that blocking is part of their job as well. Uh, and there's not a lot yeah. of teams that, that teach that. Um, but, I mean, you, San Francisco just has a, a full team here, I think. I think I think having guys like – I mean, Garoppolo hasn't started in the Super Bowl game, but he has been to the – he's been around Super Bowl week because yeah. being with the Patriots. He yeah. knows what the week is like. He knows what this is like. And all the fanfare and all the media and how you know wild it is. He knows what it's like. And then it also helps when you have a guy – like Richard Sherman, who's been here before, Joe Staley, who has been here before and has been with the 49ers his entire career since the, since the mid-2000s. And Joe Staley was here, was in the Super Bowl with the 49ers back when they lost to the Ravens. And then a guy like Emmanuel Sanders, who has played, who has played in the Super Bowl before. Like, these guys have been, those guys, having those guys, like having someone like Debo Samuel be a rookie and he looks across at him at wide receiver, and that's Emmanuel Sanders you can lean on. And Emmanuel Sanders can help you out during Super Bowl week. And Richard Sherman can help out a lot of these defensive guys, uh, whether it's Emmanuel Mosley, whether it is Nick Bosa. Um, he can really help these guys out. And I think the other thing is D Ford can help out this 49ers defense with kind of knowing where Kansas City kind of likes to go with things. Yeah. No, I, I agree. Yeah. Uh, that That is a – I figured that would have been a bigger storyline this year uh, considering D Ford was – you know, everybody wants to blame him for Kansas City not getting there last year. And now he's on the 49ers, and they make it to the Super Bowl, and he has to play against his old team. You know, I figured that more people would be talking yep. about that, uh, but I haven't seen a lot about it. Uh, but it's not like he doesn't know what Kansas City does and what their tendencies are, which obviously you can learn a lot from, you know, just film and whatnot. But, but having somebody that was in the trenches with them last year that knows exactly what goes on in that locker room, I mean, it's, it's kind of a game-changer to me. I mean, there's no doubt about that. It helps. No, you're... I mean, it, it, look, look it, it, it doesn't hurt you at all. The other, the other thing, too, is I think what has been what has been good about at least what I've seen, I was worried all week because when you got a guy like Sherman, you never know what he's going to say, what he's going to do. True. Um, you have not heard anything out of the 49ers in this game in this this week you have not heard anything from them like trash talking you have not heard any of it and you've heard a little bit from kansas city you've heard a little bit from them yeah that they're confident whether, whether you know it's frank clark or tyran matthew honey honey badger or whatever um you know uh okay, i do tyree kill obviously yeah, yeah. Tyreek Hill did give Tyreek Hill did give the ultimate respect to Richard Sherman. Said, "I'm not, you know, I'm, not, I'm just going to say this about Richard Sherman, you know." And by, by paraphrasing, basically, said, like he's a legend. He's one of the best to ever play his position, and I hope I can do a jersey swap with him after the game. You know, <laughs> gave him the ultimate sign of respect. You know, um, but yeah, you know, Frank Clark, he's a guy that'll talk trash. Um, and I know people are looking at the running defense of Kansas City because they held Derrick Henry to like 77 yards. Dude, Tennessee totally screwed up that second half. Oh, yeah. They completely abandoned Derrick Henry. Once they got that first stop in the second half to open the second half, Kansas City's up 21-17 at halftime, and Kansas City gets the ball coming, coming out of halftime, and the Chiefs don't put together a drive, and they have to kick it away. It's yeah. like, okay, Titan, you can go back to playing the way you want to play. Like, you you got the oh, stop. Yeah. You can go back to playing the way you want to play. And Derrick Henry only got three carries in that second half. Arthur Smith, their offensive coordinator for Tennessee, just 
and he, they completely abandoned him. Uh, and the other thing too is, yeah. And the other thing too is, you cannot compare. I get Derrick Henry is great, but you cannot compare. The Titans run the ball. The Titans line up like like power eye formation and run the ball. <laughs> That's how they do it. Like the 49ers do not do it that way. They run the ball all different kinds of ways, and they use different running backs to do it. Oh yeah, no, it, it is completely different. You're uh, you're a hundred percent right on that. All right, uh, let's see. That is that is plenty of Super Bowl talk. We'll uh, we'll get out of here. We will. It, it's so long as San Francisco wins and and John isn't in a deep depression, then then we will have Roser back again next week. Uh, I'll be doing everything solo next week. Chris will be in Disney. So, uh, so I will be handling recap duties and all that wonderful stuff. Uh, you can find him Which over. Which, by the way, yeah. by the way, is is so ridiculous. How are you planning a trip to Disney World the week <laughs> of the Super Bowl? What is that? Uh, so I, I understand where he's coming from. Um, it, it is the least busy week of the year at at Disney. Uh, he's got two little Does girls. in Vegas. At, yeah. <laughs> He uh he yeah. actually he, all the dads all the dads are in Vegas pretty much pretty much or everybody's yeah. watching the Super Bowl right so they're uh, they're going to be in the animal right. kingdom uh, the day of the Super Bowl now he and his wife have dinner and whatnot the game will be on you know where they go out to dinner and whatnot so uh and with with New England not being in the Super Bowl this year you know it it was what it was he planned it a couple of months ago he kind of had a feeling New England wasn't going to get there so it wasn't that big of a deal. Um, but I, I can kind of understand it, right? It, it's a cheaper time of year to go, and I get it. However, if you are covering sports media, yeah, I mean, maybe maybe stick around for the Super Bowl, you know. Uh, but he, I will say this. He handled plenty of Super Bowl coverage leading up to it. Uh, so, you know, I, I don't know that people are so worried about reactions to it as they are the buildup for it. At least our numbers don't uh, don't say otherwise. Um but yeah, like I, I don't know. Super, I might would have waited another week. <laughs> no, I, I think it, it is crazy. Like the build up to this game has not been um, what you would normally expect from a Super Bowl, Agreed. especially a Super Bowl where I think you ask a hundred people, and ninety nine of them are going to tell you this is going to be an amazing game, and it's going to probably be one of the best Super Bowls we've ever seen. Um, you know, it, it, the, the and and, may, and may, I think. Probably some of that also has to do with Kobe Bryant. Yeah, um, I, th- I think a lot of it has you to do know, with that. And, you know, rest in peace, Kobe, Gianna, the seven others that were on that plane, hashtag Mamba forever. Um, that one tore me up. That one tore me up a little bit. I still can't believe it. Uh, I, I still wake up. I read things about it. I'm like this. It's, I'm, it's like I'm living a nightmare. And I'm like, I'm going to wake up from this nightmare. And – you know, Friday night when the Blazers play the Lakers, I'm going to see Kobe's going to be there with Gianna courtside when the Lakers play the Blazers on Friday night. Like I'm going to, that's going to yeah. be there. Like that, that's, that's that's you know, I'm going to wake up from this and, and everything's going to be all right uh, with the world, you know, Friday and Kobe and Kobe's going to be back with us. But so it's, it's just crazy. It's still so hard to believe, but no, I think that does have something to do why, with why this buildup hasn't been great. I think the other thing too is, is I think pe- both people are like, both of these teams are awesome, and I really don't know what to pick, who to pick. Uh, I think that's why you're seeing, you know, I think I, I have a couple gaming pods, and they say Dude, the way to go with this game is the prop market. It's the way to go with this one is the props. Oh, yeah. Play props, look at some, find some good props out there and play the prop market because 
who knows to the point spread. Oh yeah, and, and the total and and the props. I mean, it, obviously, it's the Super Bowl, so those props have been uh, knocked out, right? They it, they they should be right on the number at this point. If you're looking for some kind of an edge, you're not going to find it. So basically, just trying to have fun with it. Like that. That's what Super Bowl week is all about. Uh, don't go crazy. You know, gambling advice, obviously. Don't go blow your whole bankroll on Super Bowl, you know, bets, whether they're props or anything else, uh, because this one you should really just have fun with. Like, there's no telling which direction Absolutely. this game will go. <laughs> Absolutely, man. He is John Roser. You can find him on Twitter at John underscore Roser. You can find him on the Chris Vernon Show every single day on the Grizzlies app. Uh, you can find him over at Grind City Media. All sorts of different stuff. John, thank you so much for jumping in with us. Yeah, man, can't wait. I'm headed down to New Orleans uh, Thursday afternoon. Catching the Grizzlies. And uh, I am Friday night. I will be in attendance for Zion Williamson and John Morant. Grizzlies at 500 now. Got a chance to go over 500 if they uh, if they can knock off the Pelicans. That's Which they did not do on Martin Luther King Jr. Day. And yeah, own some payback. Own some payback. A little payback. A little pay- and their team looks a little different now with Zion. So, uh, so we'll see what happens. But... Yeah, I'm looking forward to that. It's going to be a fun weekend. We'll uh, we'll talk to you again next week. All right, man. Be good. Thanks for checking out Winning Cures Everything. If you want to keep up with us, hit subscribe on YouTube or your favorite podcast app. Visit the website at winningcureseverything.com, or you can like us on Facebook or follow us at Winning Cures, at Gary WCE, or at Chris B. Giannini on Twitter. Share out the show, leave a nice review, and make sure to comment and tweet at us. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, For the ones who get it done. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.